You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. What is up, Grace Church? Welcome. Whether you are joining us from the venue or whether you're joining us from the cafe or you might be watching online, welcome. We're so glad that you're here worshiping with us this weekend. My name is Kent Lyles. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Church. And uh, if you need a Bible, if you need a pen, if you need message notes, just lift up your hand. We'll have someone come to you in either one of those places. If you're watching online, uh, you can download the message notes at visitgracechurch.com slash live. Uh, We are jumping back into our series that we began a couple weeks ago called Empowered. And uh, Pastor Tim started this uh, series by introducing us to the little Old Testament book of Haggai and uh, did a great job of laying out that book and the history of it and all the things that go into that. And uh, if you want to check that out, you can go back and and, uh, listen to the message online. Um, so, but I just give you a brief overview of what's happening with the book of Haggai. Haggai was a prophet who was sent to the nation of Israel during a time where they had just come off several years of being held captive by enemy captors, and they'd been sent back to their homeland and, uh, with the objective to rebuild the temple. And the temple was a place where, um, God met with his people, where worship took place and God's presence literally appeared to the people and he engaged with them. And we actually have a picture of the temple for you, what it did look like before it was destroyed by enemies, what it looked like after it was rebuilt in Haggai's day. Uh, but that temple had three, uh, components to it, it had an outer court, uh, which we talked about last week, had two inner components to it, uh, what they called the holy place, which we'll, we'll be looking at today. And And a most holy place, or the Holy of Holies. And uh, that place was a place uh, of worship that God designed uh, to meet with his people. Um, And that's what we're going to be looking at today. And joining me is my good friend, Pastor Russell Schultz. And uh, it seems that, you know, because like last week we had three of us up here. We did. And, and we've lost somebody along the way. I don't know what happened to Pastor Brian, but... Well, it's, it's pretty natural. I mean, we're moving from the outer courts to the holy place. And <laughs> I mean, historically, you know, only the priests would be allowed to enter into the holy place. And, uh, you know, Brian just didn't make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be glad to hear that. <laughs> so we'll see who, who makes the cut next week. Yeah, who's going to go down next week? All right, we'll who knows? Wow. Hashtag which pastor preaches next week. <laughs> Well, and I also noticed this, Russell, you've got a cool blue shirt on. So do a number of other people around here have a cool blue shirt. I do have a cool blue shirt on. Uh, This is our summer camp t-shirt for Grace students this year. And uh, we got them in this week and I was so excited about how they turned out. I just wanted to wear them. And uh, also, you know, I'm the Grace students pastor here at Grace. And if you do have a middle school and high school student, uh, I would love just to invite them to our summer camp. Uh, It's June 26th to the 30th. Um, and you can sign up today. Um, I know it's a shameless plug, but um, shameless. Uh, shameless, shameless, but um, <laughs> happy about God is doing stuff in our students and uh, I would love for your student to be there. So yeah, absolutely. So we've entitled this series Empowered because that is exactly 
what God's intention was with the people in Haggai's day. So um, God wanted to empower them with his presence. He wanted worship to be established so he could join them in that. Um, And it's no different for us today. God's intention for our lives is to be empowered, supernaturally empowered by the spirit of God to live a life that he's called us to live. Now, the problem was in Haggai's day that they had uh, ignored the very thing that plugged them into the power of God. They started building this temple that they were instructed to build, but then they just kind of left off. And for 14 years, they just kind of walked away from it. They ignored it. Um, And that's why Haggai was sent to the people to tell them, hey, we need to get this going again because you're ignoring the very thing that brings power to your life. And so it is with us. So often we do the exact same thing. We know that worship and connection with God is the thing that brings power into our lives. Uh, But a lot of times we get going in in our own lives and and kind of forget that. So that kind of brings us to our central truth that we want you to take away uh, this, uh, that we want you to take away from this series. There we go. Speak in English. Um, It is presence equals power. And this is in your message notes. It's the only two blanks that we're having you fill out. Presence equals power, and that's learning to be present with God will equate to the supernatural power of God working in your life. And the key is learning how to be present, and so that's our goal with this series is to put some tools in your hands to help make that happen. So, uh, Russell, if you wouldn't mind praying for us, we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Yeah, let's pray. So, Father God, we, we love you and we praise you for being a good God who loves us and wants to meet with us. God, I pray that we would be an empowered people. Uh, and I pray that, that we would seek to find our power uh, from your presence. Yes. And so, God, would you meet with us today? Uh, I'm excited for what you want to do in each of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we've been looking at the temple over the last couple of weeks, and we've been making application to our own personal worship uh, with God based on different pieces of the temple. So last week, uh, Brian walked through the temple Uh, And he showed us this picture of a 3D image of the temple. And you can see the outer courts there. You can see the furnishings that we talked about last week. And then you can kind of see a a, a little bird's eye view uh, of the holy place. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. There's a second picture that I want to show you as well. Uh, It's a little bit closer. It kind of zooms in onto uh, the other other elements or the other pieces uh, of the temple. And there's three furnishings um, in uh, the holy place. And so you can see that on the left, there's the lampstand. On the right, that's the table of shewbread. And then there's the altar of incense that is, stands in between the priests and the entryway uh, of the Holy of Holies, which is what we're going to talk about next week. And uh, I want you to imagine being a priest uh, back in the day when the, the temple was, was up and running. And, and imagine it being a sunny day, so it's bright outside, there's people everywhere. It's loud, people are, are, are singing praises to God, they're, they're singing thanksgiving to God, it's an exciting place to be. There's sacrifices going on, there are people that are cleansing themselves in the, in the labor, and, uh, and, and because of all the, the blood from the sacrifices. And then you're about to enter into the holy place. And you open the, the door to the holy place, and sun shines into a dark, dark room. And as you shut the, the door behind you, all the light from the sun is gone, and you're in a dark place that's only lit by seven candles. Can you be, are you there with me? And in this, in this place, you notice, and to that right, you see that table of shua bread, and there's 12 pieces of this bread, and, uh, and this bread symbolizes for us in our own worship can symbolize a few things, but one of the things that it symbolizes is the Word of God. 
is, you know, Jesus says, uh, man shall not live on bread alone, but the very word of God. So that, that, that bread is a picture of God's word for us, and we find it in the scriptures. Another thing that it pictures is, is Jesus, when he says this in John 6, he says, hey, I am the bread of life. I'm the one that you can feed off of. I'm the one that will, I'm your provision. I'm, I'm the one that will give you sustenance. And then you, you look to your left and you see this lampstand, this, this ornate lampstand, and there's seven candles. And, and the way that this lamp was, was lit is, is by oil. And uh, this oil is really the picture that, that, that for our own lives is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And that, that, that we need to be refilled on a regular basis by the Spirit. We need to be refilled by the Spirit on a daily basis. And so one of the things that the priests did was they had to refill the oil in the holy place. And if there was no oil, there was no light. Yeah. And that's the same thing for, for us in our own lives. If, if there's no Holy Spirit in our lives, if, we, if we're, we're, we're low on the Holy Spirit, if you will, then our light becomes dim. And I, I'm sure that happens to you as well. Yeah, I check my oil daily, and sometimes I'm a quart low. So Are you? That, yeah, that a quart low. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's great. And then the third piece is the, the altar of incense. And again, this is a quiet place. This is a, a solitude place. It's a very uh, dark place. Uh, but you see, you, you see this altar of incense, and it's burning day and day and day, and this incense burns up. And, the, and incense is a picture, uh, as Scripture says in Psalm 141, is a picture uh, of our prayers. That, that when we pray to God, it's like an incense. It's like an incense, this smoke that comes from earth, and it goes all the way uh, to the throne room of God where God can smell it as a sweet aroma. And so, so for us, this, this, this holy place is much different than, than the outer courts. It's much quieter. It, there's, there's different practices. Uh, but th- these practices that are there, they exist for us to encounter God so that he can transform us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been talking about spiritual practices. And in this holy place, uh, we have some of those displayed for us by what we see there in the table of showbread, in the, in the altar of incense, and, and in the candlestick. We see the word of God, prayer, the Holy Spirit, and how they're working in our lives. Uh, these things all have to do with our communication with God, how we commune with him, and how we build a relationship with him. And, and last week, you know, Russell, you did a fantastic job of, of uh, introducing uh, spiritual practices to us and defining what that is. You gave us a statement. You said spiritual practices are tools helping us engage in relationship with God. Spiritual practices are tools helping us engage in relationship with God. And you also introduced to us a chart, which is on your message notes, and, and we'll put it up here on the screen for you, but a, a chart of spiritual practices. And um, you did a great job of explaining that. I'll just give a quick overview. On the left side of that, you see that there are two types of practices or engage, ways that we engage with the Lord. One of them is an awareness practice, and that's basically an appreciation of God's presence. They're more brief in nature. They can be done anywhere, anytime, um, but it's basically just kind of becoming aware that God is in the moment with you and, uh, and, and just appreciating that about him. Also, there's engagement practices. Now, these take what Russell explained last week as intentionality and time. Uh, so you actually have to carve out some space, uh, and actually not only just time, but also a space, um, to engage with the Lord in these ways. And then there are two ways that you can conduct this. You can do this on a personal level or in community. So that's, that's kind of a look at the spiritual practices for this week. Yeah, and if you would compare the two charts last week and this week side by side, you'd notice that the practices themselves are different. Again, 
like we said before, the outer court is going to be different than the holy place practices. Like the outer court has things like confession, sacrifice, praise, and surrender. And, and, and the holy place is going to have things like studying and meditating on the scripture, on that bread, that silence, solitude, uh, and various types of prayer. And you know, there's a lot of people that um, they, they only engage in outer court practices. Like, hey, I'm only going to praise God, I'm only going to do thanksgiving, but, but we don't always step into these holy place practices. And here's the cool thing, is that these, these, all of these practices that we're talking about, at every stage of the temple, all of these uh, are available to every single person because of Jesus. So you can engage with God in all of these different places. It doesn't, there's, there's no, like, hey, I have to check this, the outer court boxes before I can get to the holy place anymore. It's Jesus has covered it for us, and so all of us are available to, to engage with God in all different types of ways. And as Russell alluded to, the, the holy place was a much more intimate setting, and the practices on our chart that we have for you, they actually reflect that. They're much more intimate. They're close. Um, you know, it's about being intimate with the Lord. And when I say that, I'm talking about uh, deeper connection with him, being fully known by him. And uh, so we're moving out of that outer court and we're getting closer. We're drawing near to the Lord. You know, we have the promise in the book of James. God says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Mm. And that's really what God desires in our lives. He wants us to be present with him. That, that's his heart's desire. That's what the cross paid for. The sacrifice that Jesus made, that outer, what the outer court sacrifice represents, that's what that paid for. It paid for God to have relationship with us. It wasn't just about moving us from a place of destruction to a place of salvation. It was about moving us closer to him. He wants us. And that's what this whole move into the, the holy place and ultimately into the holy of holies is all about. It's about transformation. Because God knows if he can get us close to him, he can change us. Transformation happens in the presence of the Lord. It doesn't happen by the things that we do on the outside. It happens by what God does through his spirit on the inside. And so the closer we become to the Lord, the more transformation happens. And you can see this truth actually reflected in a New Testament passage, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 3. And if you want to turn there, you can. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18 says this. Uh, verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit... And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all, with unveiled or uncovered face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord or the presence of the Lord, are being transformed, changed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Now, that's an amazing passage of scripture. Um, and, and it's really talking about, it, it gives us some light on what these practices are all about. Uh, the practices that we're sharing with you help us engage the Holy Spirit in our lives, and they help us do exactly what this passage is telling us, which is to get face-to-face -face with the Lord. They bring us into God's presence and get us face-to-face. -face. Not physically, right? We can't go physically and be face-to-face -face with God, but spiritually, by faith, we can enter into the presence of the Lord and become face-to-face -face with Him. And in that moment is where transformation happens. Mm. That's where our inner being is changed and transformed from glory to glory, it says. And that literally means the more we behold God's glory or his presence, the more we reflect him in our lives. We go from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. It's like those uh, glow-in-the-dark toys. I don't know if you have any glow-in-the-dark glow toys, you know? No, I not have yet. several of them laying around my house. But you, uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> nice. Uh, but you, you take those glow-in-the-dark toys, and what do you do? You put them in the light. 
And the longer that they're in the light, the more they glow. And that's really the concept we're talking about, from glory to glory. Yeah, and this is actually a picture uh, of this back in the Old Testament with Moses. So Moses, is, he goes and spends 40 days in the presence of God. One, having 40 days to do that would be remarkable, right? But he spends 40 days in the presence of God, and he comes down off the mountain. He's going to, to lead the people of Israel. And, uh, and, and when he comes down, his face is glowing. It's illuminated. And, uh, and, and he, he might have not even realized it, but when he got to the people, he scared them. It freaked them out. They were, they were terrified because his face was different. It was, it was, it was illuminated. And, uh, but, but for us today, what does it look like uh, for God to illuminate us uh, as, after we've been in his presence? What does that look like today? Because uh, physically, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I don't walk around with a flashlight shining on my face as a picture saying, hey, look, God, I spent, I spent, I spent three hours with God this morning. No, it's... It's, it's, it's different than that. It's, it's, we, but we, we all know people that kind of have, have a, a glow to their lives, that their lives are illuminated. It's when they walk into a room and you know that there's something different about them. They, they give grace when other people would not give grace. They love when other people would run away. You know, they speak differently when other people would probably curse or, 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 or would, would, would share hateful words. They act differently. And it's because they've been, they've, they've been transformed by the presence of God and then they've been sent out. Yeah. What's funny is about those people is they actually make you better. Yeah. So when you encounter those people, you know what it is. You, you, you lead those people better than when you found them, right? They do something for you in your life and it's encouraging. So the imagery that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians uh, is that of a mirror, and it's looking into the glory of the Lord or his image or his presence is like looking into a mirror, uh, except instead of our own image being reflected back, we're reflecting his image. So you're looking in the mirror, but it's him. And now the reflection that we're reflecting back is his reflection, his image. And spiritual practices like the ones we're talking about put us in position to be face-to-face with the Lord. They get us in front of the mirror. Um, that's why they're important. They move us in front of the Lord so he can transform us. So I guess the question we would be asking today is, whose image are you reflecting? What does your reflection look like today? What are people seeing? When they see you, what do they see? You know, last week we mentioned the book Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas and And uh, we provided a link for you actually online. You can go back to the message notes and get that to do an assessment to discover what your spiritual pathway or the way in which you most deeply connect with God is. And uh, for Russell, he told us last week that his way of connecting with God is uh, through uh, intellectual and uh, meaning that he connects with God through the mind more so than anything else. So as we're talking about spiritual practices of the word and mm-hmm. prayer and those type of things, what's that look like for you on a personal level as, an, as approaching from an intellectual standpoint? Yeah, so I like to study the Bible. And, uh, and for me, you might say, well, what does that actually look like? So do you just sit there with your Bible like for 10 hours a day and reading it and studying it over and over and over again? Uh, no, I, I do like reading scripture, but I also like using resources to help me understand uh, the scriptures more. And so I'll use things like commentaries, Bible dictionaries. Uh, and I'll do things like word studies. I'll look at the original languages occasionally. And uh, the reason I do that, though, is, is not so that I can get a, a, a big pile of knowledge so that I can say, hey, I know more than you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is not hard. Which, 
It's not true at all, right? Um, Not true at all. But that's not the reason. The reason that I do it is because I want to know what God thinks about something. I want to know, like, hey, God, I want you to teach me, uh, mentor me about what you think about this passage of Scripture. And, and, and it's amazing because I'll be, there, there's times that I'm reading the text and I'll say, a thought will come to mind about how to think about something uh, or this specific text. And I know it's the Holy Spirit. Or it could be, uh, I'll read a commentary. It could be I'm reading a Bible dictionary. It could be as I'm doing a word study. It could be as I'm even reading the original language, whatever else it might be. Um, those are all ways, but God will kind of shine a light and it could be a, a line or a sentence from whatever I'm reading. And it's like God tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, this is what I think about this. And the reason I do that is because we live in a world that it doesn't really matter what, what, what God thinks about it. It matters how I feel about something. And so if I feel like something this way, then it has to be right. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like, I, don't, I really don't care what, how I feel about something. I want to know what God wants to th- to say about this or that. Yeah. And so it's literally Bible study with God. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's an awesome yeah. thing. Um, so, and so whereas you kind of take the intellectual approach, I'm more of a contemplative. Uh, that's my chief, you know, spiritual or sacred pathway. And, and um, so that means I like to contemplate things and meditate on things. And, and so for me, when we're talking about scripture and prayer and the spirit of God, um, I like various forms of prayer. Um, one of them being listening prayer. And I know a lot of times when we think about prayer, we think it's me talking to God, which is true, uh, but that's only 50% of prayer. The other 50% is him talking back. It's a conversation. That's what prayer is all about. Uh, So I like uh, forms of listening prayer where I can actually just, uh, I'm an an ascetic also, so the holy place is a very attractive idea for me to just kind of get away, get quiet, and listen for the Lord speaking to me. Um, I also like to take walks in nature. I like to just adore the Lord and what he's created and just have conversations with him as I'm walking down the, the nature trail and, and other people kind of looking at me weird because I'm talking to myself, but whatever. Um, and then as it relates to scripture, I like praying scripture. Uh, we actually put a link for you on the bottom of your message notes. It's uh, a link t- uh, teaching you how to pray through the Psalms. So, and that's a great practice, just to take the Psalms, which are prayers, and pray through them to the Lord. It's, that's a great way to connect with the Lord. Um, another way for me, I just like to meditate on passages of Scripture, something we're going to do together as a group mm-hmm. here in just a minute. Um, or just listening to some of your favorite teachers or preachers. You know, when I go for a run or I'm at the gym, I just like to put headphones on and listen to good preaching and teaching. So. Yeah, and we're both in uh, grace groups, and a huge part of this is we don't just do this as individuals. We, we do this as a part of a community. And so I'm curious, what do, what do these holy place practices look like for you and your communities? Well, it's, you know, you'd like to think that um, all of those things are happening, so you like to think that in every, every grace group or small group that we have, there's, there's Bible study going on. Uh, you'd like ideally. to think, yeah, ideally, <laughs> that'd be a good thing. Uh, and that there's prayer happening both uh, with one another and for one another. Um, and, that, and those can take on all kinds of, of different looks. In our grace group particularly right now, we're going through the book of Ephesians. And so we're reading a chapter per week, uh, but we'll read that same chapter every single day and then just listen for the Lord to speak to us out of that chapter. And then when we come together as a group, we share what God has shown us um, out of that chapter. And I think for me, you can literally see a, a, a grace group becomes a holy place environment where the spirit of God is moving through what he's doing in other people's lives. I get super encouraged and empowered when I'm hearing about what God's doing uh, in another guy's life or um, when I receive supernatural grace from another person or wisdom or love, yeah. um, you know, that is really encouraging to me. 
Yeah, and I also think sometimes we compartmentalize like where these holy place practices can take place. Like it can happen uh, at a weekend service. Like that's where a holy place yeah, practice is. Yeah, this right is. Here. This yeah. is. But also, it can happen in a grace group. But it can also happen in our families. Like you, you can you can engage with the with God with your family in these holy place practices. Like the kitchen table could become a new holy place for you. Yeah. You know, it could be your basement. It could be your living room. I don't know, but those could be holy places. Another thing that 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 that, that I do is with my team that I lead uh, for Grace students is we meet on Thursday mornings, and that's kind of a holy place. Uh, we, we we engage in these holy place practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Occasionally we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll share devotions with one another. Oftentimes we're praying for one another and asking about what's going on in one another's lives and offering praises and, and prayers uh, for one another on each other's behalfs. But as we, as we think about these things, I, I don't want us to miss the fact or get caught up in the spiritual practices being the thing. Sometimes uh, when, we learn all, when we learn different tools or we get new tools and different ways that we can engage with God, we begin to, um, we, we can even idolize these things. We can get so excited about them that we worship the practice, not the one who we need to worship, who is Jesus. And so let's not miss out on the fact that these are tools that help us get to the presence of God. These aren't the, the end-all, be-all ways uh, so that you're going to be transformed. The presence of God is what transforms you, yeah. uh, and these are the things that will help you get into the presence of God. Exactly. So see them as there. Don't just check off the box. Yeah, I did that. I did that. Uh, it's about engagement with the Lord. Did I engage with the Lord today? Yeah. That's, that's the key. So one of our goals uh, with this series, as we told you last week, if you were here, is to engage or practice the practices together as a group. So we can do these individually or we can do them corporately, either in a small group community or as a church. Uh, we actually gather together every week as a body and practice practices, whether you have recognized that or not. Uh, but we're going to do uh, some practices together to finish our time out today. Uh, we're going to do four practices. We're going to engage in responsive reading. Uh, we're going to engage in a practice called Lectio Divina. <laughs> I said good, it right. Good That's job. I, I know. I usually butcher that every time. So uh, we're going to do that. I'm not going to even say it again. I don't want to ruin it. Um, we are going to engage in giving together, and we're going to finish our time in corporate prayer and praise together. So um, that's how we're going to finish our time. We're, let's, let's try the responsive reading together. And this is something that Grace does on a, a somewhat regular basis, but it's different than how we're going to do it now. Typically, we'll read a passage of Scripture out loud together. But how we're going to do this this time is we're going to read a passage that's actually in your notes. It's Psalm 63, verses 1 to 7. And I'm going to read a line, and then you guys are going to respond by reading the next line. My line uh, is not in bold, and it's not underlined. Your line is bold. It is underlined. Russell's going to read along with you. Uh, So we're just, I'll read a line, you'll respond, read a line, and we'll go through till we get through uh, all seven verses. Okay, so Just take a moment here, make sure we're ready, we're focused on the Lord. This passage has everything to do with what we've been talking about. So really, this is a way for the church to fully engage in Scripture together. Okay, so Psalm 63, starting in verse 1. O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. 
So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. You did it. We just did a responsive reading together. Great job. That was great. And, uh, and now we're going to do um, something, again, like Ken already said, called Lectio Divina. And it's a, a Latin phrase for divine reading. And uh, it's a way that people have been reading scripture for a few thousand years. And, uh, and it's, it's a way that it'll hopefully encourage you. If you've ever read scripture before and you've been discouraged um, because you haven't gotten anything out of it. This is a way for you to engage God as you're reading scripture and allow him to speak something into your life uh, as you're going about it. And you can do it every time you read scripture. I actually try to practice this every time um, I actually open up the Bible and read a section of scripture. So what we're going to do, it's actually on your message notes, uh, is we typically choose a Bible text. We're going to choose the same one that we just read, Psalm 63, uh, 1 through 4, and you read through it carefully. And we don't speed read. Sometimes I like to be the, the first one to finish reading the Bible. I don't know why, uh, but we're not speed reading. We're slowly reading. Uh, you read it a few times through, two to three times through. And traditionally, this is done uh, where you actually speak it out loud as well, because what you want to do, if I do this privately, I'll actually say the verses out loud because you're trying to engage all your senses. You want to engage your ears, your eyes, and your mouth as well um, as you are talking through, uh, as you're talking through and reading the scripture. So as you're reading this two or three times, what you're going to do is you're going to ask God to show you something. So God, show me... something that, that, that is in this passage. And this, is, this typically happens when a word, for some reason, you just start thinking about it. You just start thinking about a word for some reason as you're reading scripture. Maybe as you were saying this a moment ago, a word stuck out to you. That's the Holy Spirit nudging you right there because he wants to speak something to you about that word. It could be a phrase. Uh, it could be the enti- a, a whole line. It could be a few, a few words. Uh, another uh, option is it could be an image that's connected to, um, to whatever text you're reading. Like it could just be an image that you're thinking about that just comes to mind as, um, as, you're, as you're reading. Think on that image. And then the next thing would be, uh, it could be a memory. Sometimes as I'm reading scripture, God wants to work in my heart and wants to, to do things from either past hurts or, or wants to celebrate something from my past. And he wants to remind me of something. And so it could be a memory as you're reading scripture. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a few moments. We're going to read through this passage, hopefully a few times. And then we're going to write down whatever sticks out to us. Let's take a few moments and do that. So the second step is this. Is, and we're going to do steps two and three together. Uh, typically, I, 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 I will divide them up. But um, the second step is, is the reflection and pondering. It's the meditation. So ponder on the thing that God showed you. Why did God show you that word? Why did he show you that phrase? Why did he show you that, that memory? Whatever he showed you. Um, and if you, if you didn't have anything, if you say, hey, I tried this, empty, crickets, this is what I heard. Um, <laughs> focus on this phrase, my soul thirsts. Just my soul thirsts for you. Just focus on that phrase um, and begin to ponder it. And uh, consider any other things that could be uh, associated with it. It could be an image. It could be a memory. It could be, um, again, it could be an emotion that, that, that is evoked from that. 
And then begin to ask this question, hey, why, God, did you show me this thing today? That's step two. Then step three is, is, is the pray and dialogue section. So you begin to talk more and more about God. You maybe ask for clarification on, hey, why are you really trying to highlight this today, right now? And then you ask this question, you move from why to what? God, what do you want me to do with this? What are my, step, my next steps with this uh, it could be forgiveness, it could be uh, praising God, it could be celebrating, it could, it could be several things. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to take a few moments and we're going to ask, hey God, why have you shown me this? And then after you begin to dialogue with God and, and let your thoughts, trust your thoughts in this. Sometimes it, you can go, this is just me. Now, we have three voices inside our heads. We have God's voice, we have the enemy's voice, we have our voice. God is big enough to speak to you right now. And so ask God, why are you showing me this? And the second thing is this, is what do you want me to do with this? After you've asked why, ask what. So let's take a few moments and do that. And the final step is this, is is the contemplation step, step four. And so this is where we simply rest quietly in God's presence. Because if God showed you something, he pulled out a word, a phrase, whatever else it might be. If If he showed you something, and then he began to tell you why, and then he gave you a step, then we have just met with God. That you have just had God speak to you through scripture, and it took four minutes. And that's something that you can have access to every single day. It's amazing. And so what we do is, in the moment, in the moment where we're with him in his presence, we say, thank you, God, for meeting with us. We, 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 We praise him that he's a God that wants to be close to us. So let's take a few moments as we've met with him, let's thank him, let's praise him. Let's, let's do that. So how was that for you, Ken? <laughs> that, was, that was really good. We, so Russell and I decided when we did this, we were just going to be in the moment with you guys and doing the exercise with you. Uh, so each time it's been a little different uh, this time. Uh, what came, uh, what surfaced for me was uh, I, I will lift up my hands. And um, when I asked why, uh, it reminded me, the last service, and we're going to do this in this service as well, we're going to have a time of corporate prayer where we're going to invite you, if you choose, to move out from where you're at, actually come down front and either have someone pray with you if you want someone to pray with you, or um, just on your own. We, we reserve this front row if you just want to kneel down and pray or just, you know, whatever. But uh, immediately in last service, a, a woman came down uh, before the music even really got going. Mm-hmm. She just stood right there and just put up her hands yeah. and, and stayed that way pretty much the entire praise set. And I just thought, wow, you know, and, and, and I realized that there's nothing more spiritual, you know, you can be like this and be as every bit as spiritual to somebody who's like this. There's no difference in that. But for me, it was about the outward expression of what's going on inwardly in my yeah. heart. And so that's why he was showing me that, hey, I want you to be surrendered to me and don't be ashamed of me. Hmm. You know? That's so. good. So for me, uh, the word look, so I've looked upon you in your sanctuary. And, uh, and so I'm also a naturalist. And so for me, um, like what I look at, like looking at a sunset is really good for me with my relationship with God, like just watching a sunset. I used to live in Colorado. Looking at Pikes Peak every morning was really good for my soul. It's good for everybody's soul, let's be honest. <laughs> every single morning. Uh, but just, just hey, carve out time. This, this is what God was really saying. Carve out time to look at, like, look for me in, in the world around you. Look for me uh, in, in the world that you live in. And, uh, and so even the, the idea of, hey, go watch a sunset, 
this week or today or when you have time this week. That's, that's what God was saying to me, so, which is so cool. So hopefully um, this, this was powerful for you, that, that maybe, maybe you just got to the step where something stuck out to you, I don't know, or maybe you've just begun dialoguing. This typically is done seamlessly, so we don't, we don't interrupt uh, time with God as you're trying to be in his presence. Uh, and if, if you said, hey, you know, I, I didn't hear anything, nothing stuck out to me, I really want to encourage you uh, that, that it takes practice. These, 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 these are spiritual practices, right? So you have to practice being in the presence of God. You have to practice the practices, as, as yes. Kenneth said. I remember the first time I shot a basketball. It was horrible. I didn't even get anywhere near the rim, all right? And uh, the first time you do something, uh, it takes time. And so... Um, also, you know, you might be here today and, and, and you don't know Jesus. You might be here today and, and uh, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I just want to encourage you with this is that there is a God uh, in heaven who loves you, yes. who cares about you, who knows everything about you and wants you to know him. That, and that you were created to know him this way. You were created to have conversations with him daily. You were created to worship him and to praise him. And your life might be empty right now. Your life, you might be searching for something. And I can tell you, the answer is this, is Jesus. Jesus said many things. One of the things he says, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. Jesus is the way. So would you pray with me? So God, I just, I just pray for those right now who are in this room who don't know you. And I pray right now who are those people that are searching for something, God, I pray that you, uh, you, would, you would just tug on their heart right now like you're tugging on our hearts as you've been highlighting words and phrases and pictures and whatever else it might be. But God, I pray, that, um, I pray that they would surrender their hearts to you. If you don't know Jesus, I'm gonna encourage you right now, just wherever you are, just surrender your heart to Jesus. Maybe you're, you're struggling. Maybe something's going on in your family. Maybe you feel alone. And I can tell you this is that there's a God who loves you and who will always be with you. He says he'll never leave you. He'll never leave you. So all he says is to to give your life to him, to put your faith in Jesus. And so God, we thank you so much for meeting with us. God, for us that got to, to, to see your word come alive to us in just a few moments, God, I pray that, that that would be a continuous practice. For some of us, we, we've been doing this for a long time and God has been speaking to us through the scriptures and we didn't know that every, a, a lot of people have been doing this for a long time. And I hope that encourages them as well. God, I pray that, that we would be people of your presence so that we can be empowered, so that we can be sent out into this world. We love you and thank you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.